Hello, everybody. I'm back. Yes, the travel addict is back with you to talk about another trip. Also known as Malcolm Teasdale, of course. Uh, visit my website, malcolmjteasdale.com. Now, this particular experience will give you an idea of the place as well. I was really looking forward to it. And this was going to be my very first trip to South America. And it was to the country of Argentina, specifically the capital city of Buenos Aires. Before we get going, just a little information about the country of Argentina. It covers an area of about 1.2 million square miles, has a population of about 45 million. The population itself, 97% of them are European, and specifically what we call mestizo. It's a mix between Italian and Spanish. That's the majority, by the way. Now, the capital city of Buenos Aires covers an area of 78 square miles and has a population of about 3 million. Is it a city worth going to? Well, of course. If you're going to there to play tourist, well, there's a few things you can do. You can take tango lessons and drink wine at the same time. There's the Evita Museum. There is the Al Ateneo Grand Splendid Bookstore. Awesome place, by the way. It sells CDs and DVDs. Palacio Paz, which is full of sculptures and ornaments. And there's the River Plate Museum. There's tons of other stuff to do. Taking a soccer game, which I did more about that later on. Or just wander the streets. It's a great place quite culturally rich, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. My reason for visiting was actually business. Now, I've been in communication with a company down there for quite some time, and as is normal, they expect you to go and visit them. This company wanted to buy our product and resell it for us, but they wanted to meet me first. So email communication had been going on for several months. It was time to take the trip. I was a bit hesitant at first because of the history between Great Britain and the country of Argentina. There been a few issues in recent history. Let me explain them. First one was the 1966 World Cup. The World Cup being the largest sporting event in the world. It takes place every four years. It was taking place in England this year. England eventually won the World Cup. The manager at the time was a gentleman by the name of Alf Ramsey, became Sir Alf Ramsey. That was England's greatest achievement because they actually won the World Cup that year. It's the only time they've won it. But during the qualifying rounds, they played Argentina. Now, football or soccer is, was in England, sort of a religion. It's very important to the country. Well, it wasn't sort of a clean game, so to speak. At the end of the game, Sir Alf Ramsey, or he was just called Alf back then, called the Argentine football team a bunch of animals. Well, of course, it didn't go down well, plus the fact it was staged in England at the time. The other thing that came up after that was several years, actually, the Falklands War. Remember that, Falklands War. The Argentinians knew that as the Malvinas, but this was a spat. It was a major spat. It developed into war in 1982. The citizens of the Falkland Islands were pretty much almost 100% British, and they wanted sovereignty to or be owned by uh, the British. At one time, it used to belong to Argentina. However, for whatever reason, Argentina wanted it back and a spat happened. So Britain went to war with Argentina. It only lasted probably half a year at the most, but that was 1982. Now we're back to football, or I should say soccer again. In 1986, 
there was an old World Cup, and it took place in Mexico City. And obviously, Mexico City is part of Latin America. Not that makes any difference here. However, England did qualify for the World Cup that year and went to the finals. And of course, in the quarterfinals, which means the last eight were trying to reach the final, England got matched up with Argentina. So this is a huge rivalry. Anyway, there was a famous goal happened in that game by a famous football player. His name was Diego Maradona. And the game was in progress and a ball came over into what we call the penalty box. It was in the air and our goalkeeper, I can't remember who it was at the time, went up in the air with Diego Maradona. But Maradona punched the ball into the goal with his hand. And the England soccer player saw that. It was quite clear on video camera, but the goal was allowed. And afterwards, Maradona, in his wisdom, called that the hand of God goal. And it became famous, but it knocked England out of the World Cup that year. Suffice to say, I'm a Brit, so was there going to be any bad feelings about any of this stuff from history? For me, no. We were going to be on business, of course. The gentleman that I was communicating with down in Buenos Aires didn't know that I was from Britain. <laughs> so we've been communicating, and I just had an office in the United States. Now, this gentleman's name was Sebastian. I won't tell you his last name, but he was Sebastian. You know, we both had good communication, so I took the flight down there. He said he would meet me at the baggage claim area at Buenos Aires Airport. So one of my communications with him, I said, okay, Sebastian, how will I recognize you? And he wrote an email back to me. He said, well, I'm six foot eight inches tall, and I'll have your name on a shit. Shit, yeah, S-H-I-T. Well, obviously, something got lost in communication here. I'm sure he meant shit anyway. I thought that was quite humorous. I didn't say anything at the time. I showed it to friends and they all had a giggle. So I got the flight, booked the flight from Atlanta, the 10-hour flight direct to Buenos Aires. The flight got in about 10 o'clock in the morning. It wasn't a bad flight, actually. I think there was a two-hour time zone difference, which is nothing. I got to Buenos Aires Airport. I had to clear security, and it's one of the first times I experienced traffic lights at security. What that means is before you go to, well, pick up your, your luggage and exit the airport, you have to go through what we call a set of traffic lights. You press a button. If it turns red, you're searched. Thoroughly, I may add. If it turns green, you can keep on going. Pretty straightforward. Seems like a good idea. Anyway, I press a button and it turned green. The gentleman before me had green, but the gentleman after me had read. So suffice to say, he was stopped in his tracks and taken to a room somewhere. Baggage claim, suffice to say, that there was Sebastian, and he was a tall type of guy. He had my name broadcast, but it wasn't on a shit. It was on a piece of paper. So anyway, we greeted each other, and then we exited the airport. It had been a, sort of a, a long flight, so of course I needed to get to the hotel to get some rest. I can't remember the nice hotel that I stayed in, but he was kind enough to drop me off there just to get some rest for the remainder of the day, which I did. I slept quite substantially. I was in the city center of Buenos Aires, so obviously I didn't need to rent a car or take public transportation. So what I did, just walk around at night. One of the things I did notice as we drove into Buenos Aires was its very large avenue. It's the widest one I have ever seen. 
or driven down, or been driven down, I should say. This happened to be July the 9th Street. There are 14 lanes flanked by two streets with two lanes on each, which is effectively 22 lanes of traffic, which is absolutely extraordinary. Anyway, it's called July the 9th because it was a celebration of Argentina's independence from the country of Spain. Anyway, I got to my hotel and I took a few hours nap and I went out that evening. I believe it was a Sunday night. So there was no business to be had on a Sunday night. So I started walking down the street and came across a restaurant, a steak restaurant. And I know that Argentina has a reputation for really good steaks. I arrived at the door and I was greeted. There's hardly anyone in there, but they came and showed me a table. I explained that I wasn't from around here. And they sat me down and I landed up picking. I think there was a, a T-bone steak. However, I could see them cooking the slab of meat behind the counter. Sometimes you do in steak houses. Anyway, it's brought to me, and it was the largest steak I have seen in my life that was cooked. It was over two pounds, probably two and a half pounds. Anyway, I stuck my knife in it, and there's blood spewed everywhere. Um, slight exaggeration, but it was basically too rare. For me, it was almost raw. So I mentioned, and they gladly took it back on the grill and cooked it a bit more. At that time, well, obviously I was a bit younger, so I managed to work my way through, I would say, a third to half of it, and I drank half a carrot of local wine. Now, wines in the form of Malbecs are quite famous in Argentina. Still drink them today, actually. I really like them. So that was enough for me to give me a boost of energy. So before I went back to the hotel, I walked around the corner. I found a little bar there. It seemed like a cozy bar. And I walked in and I found a table by myself and just sat there drinking my beer. And I noticed there was a number of tables with one person sitting by them. And it was a lady sitting by themselves in this bar. I thought, that's a bit strange. Are they waiting for a date? Well, it couldn't be. Anyway, they were starting to look at me in a funny kind of way. I thought, oh, they recognize I'm not from around here. I got up, took my beer and sat by one of the girls. And I found out that she was, should have known better, but she was, in fact, a prostitute. She was down working there from Dominican Republic. I talked to her for a while, but I was obviously, obviously cramping her style by just being there. There was another area of this room where the ladies were sort of dressed a little bit differently. They were transvestites, and they were out for the night looking for, I'm not sure what they were looking for. Anyway, I stayed there for a beer. I had, may have had two, I think. He thought, well, hopefully uh, Buenos Aires isn't all like this. So I went back to the hotel and got a good night's sleep, uh, which I did. However, I did have a large steak, so it was a bit fragmented. The next day, Sebastian came and picked me up. We met the people from his company and we conducted business. They spoke English quite well, I may add. So there wasn't any issue with the language. There was a few words that were lost in translation, but there always is. So it, it wasn't a problem at all. So we conducted business meetings for a few hours. And as typical with Latin America, we went for lunch. Now, I already had a cooked breakfast in the morning. I wasn't that hungry. But it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I thought, well, these guys must be hungry. So I offered to buy them lunch. But please take me to one of your local places, the place you recommend, and we'll just have a, a decent lunch. So there was myself and about three or four other gentlemen, and we all went for lunch somewhere. However, the restaurant's menu was written in Spanish, so I didn't understand a word of it. So I got them to order something for me, some local specialities. 
And we started off with some appetizers. Came to the table, and the other, a couple of the other gentlemen had a beer, by the way. I did not. Uh, I, I can't drink in the middle of the day. Whatever it was came to the table, and there were lumps of something. It looked like meat. Anyway, there was a bit of, bit of sauce to dip these things in. We finished them all off. They were sort of tasty. And I said to one of the gentlemen, I said, what have we just eaten here? He looked at me, and he decided to talk with his, uh, his colleagues, and they discussed amongst themselves what was the correct English tra- translation for what we had just eaten. And after a few seconds, they said, well, Malcolm, we think the translation is cow glands. And immediately I thought, glands, cow glands, what could that be? Well, it wasn't the beef, it was the throwaway parts of the cow. <laughs> so suffice to say, we'd already eaten it and chowed down on this food. So it didn't make any difference at this time. The damage had been done. Maybe if they told me that beforehand or I asked a question beforehand, I would have sort of shied away from it. That, but that would have been sort of ill-mannered since I asked them to take me a, to one of the local restaurants there and show me the ropes, so to speak. But we had a steak, of course, for lunch, a smaller one than the night before. Anyway, we conducted the business meetings. They were quite fruitful, and we did the same things the next day. So my first visit there, this is the year I'm talking about here, was in 2001. I didn't have much time spent there, but I did notice something in the streets of Buenos Aires that was going on. There were a couple of protests. I thought, well, what's bubbling up here? It was an economic thing. I was quite fortunate because I left town before the riots started. Yes, there were riots. There was an economic collapse of Argentina. And the riots were in the area where I was staying. So really, I dodged a bullet and got out of town at the right time. Before I left town, they obviously realized I was a Brit. The discussion about the Falklands War never came up, but the subject about football did. But we laughed it off, and that was the right thing to do. A second visit was in order a few years later on. It was a trade show that myself and a business partner set up And I was going to be the only presenter speaking in English, but it didn't matter. English was quite well understood there. Remember, because Spain owned the country for a period of time, but there were other European people there. There were some Brits there as well, and some other parts of people from other parts of Europe residing down there. So English was sort of accepted, plus they they teach English at school. It's been going on some time. So I took my second trip down to Argentina for this trade show and the presentations. And there was a big crowd because our dealer at the time, they invited a large crowd. So it was at a hotel, a function room, and everyone came, paid a visit. Everyone was dressed up uh, in suits, myself, and all the ladies present were dressed up very wonderfully, actually. It was very, very businesslike. Then I remember, going back to other countries in South America after that, that that's the way they do business. Everyone dresses up. It was during a time when casual wear back in North America was accepted, but it wasn't really in Latin America. Anyway, it didn't bother me. I put a suit and tie on, mainly because I was making a presentation, and I believe it was well-received, and we moved forward. And we continued to do business there. Again, we went for lunch after it, but I stayed away from cow glands. We had, or I should say I had, a spare day or two there because I wanted to to see the city. And it is a great-looking city. There's lots to do there. A couple of things tan out. Walking down the main streets there, I saw a lot of people walking dogs. 
but it wasn't a single dog. It was dogs in bulk. It's really strange. Like a person would be walking dogs. Probably it wasn't just one or two, but it was like ten. And each one had a leash tied to something they held in the hand. It's like a, a bicycle spokes on a wheel, so to speak. It was really strange. And there was a number of people doing this. I'd never seen this before. So obviously, if you're walking down the sidewalk or the footpath, you sort of had to walk around these dogs. And they're all well-trained, but it's just one of my observations. Now, back to football. I was in town, and it was football season. There was a game between the rivals of Buenos Aires. One team was called River Plate, and the other one was called Boca Juniors. Now, this was in recent time. Diego Maradona, famous football player, wasn't playing at that time, but he was an executive of Boca Juniors, I believe. So we made plans to go to the soccer game, which was a big occasion in Buenos Aires. Prior to that, the guys I was working with took me for a tour around Boca Juniors soccer stadium because it was actually a famous stadium, obviously made famous by Diego Maradona. It was quite pleasant, actually. We didn't meet any of the players, but it was a, a neat stadium inside the stadium it was sort of bordered by a wall separating the fans from the players. I didn't think much about it at the time. The fans were passionate. They, and obviously, the referee of the players don't want fans throwing balls and stuff on the field. The next day came along, and we went to soccer game. I got picked up, and we parked in an area which was dubious, to say the least. It was a slightly run down. There was even a car on fire at the time. And I had a bottle of water with me. So as we approached the stadium, we had to go past some security. And the security guard pointed at my bottle of water, shook his head, can't bring this in here. I asked one of my business colleagues, so why is that? You can't take any bottles in here. You buy it inside if you want it. So as we got close to the stadium, we were seated. I knew we were seated in advance, but we walked in and got seated, I should say, in an area of the ground. And we were supposed to be supporting Boca Juniors. I was told that before we sat down. And I was also told if River Plate score, do not cheer. Now, we were sitting down in an area adjacent to an area where there was standing room only. And these were the more boisterous fans. Probably if they were, if you could class them as violent, these were the guys that would cause trouble, if any. We were sat down and after about 10 minutes, River Plate scored. I lost my head and I cheered and everyone looked round as if to say, who the hell is that? One of my, it was probably Sebastian, elbowed me in the ribs, shook his head. Yes, I screwed up. So for the rest of the time in that uh, stadium for the game, I kept my mouth shut. Now, funnily enough, what was the drink wasn't much. There wasn't any bottled water, but it was either Coke or coffee. That was really strange. Well, I wasn't going to drink coffee because it was quite warm there and Coke didn't appeal to me. So we got through the game, two halves of 45 minutes. Luckily, Boca Juniors ended up winning three goals to two. Anyway, after the game finished, we got let out. The people who were sitting got let out beforehand at our end while they kept the real play supporters in the other end. This was to avoid conflict because there always was conflict. Some of the players or the fans stuck around afterwards because they wanted to be involved in a conflict. There was this element of hate. I don't know how bad it was. But anyway, we got back to our car and got the heck out of there. 
and got back to the hotel. We had dinner that night and at a restaurant that was part of a sidewalk. It was very pleasant. I just had a burger in a very posh restaurant with tablecloths, fine china, etc. The table next to me, a guy had a heart attack, fell on the floor, so the ambulance was called. All happens in Buenos Aires, right? Very pleasant evening. Got back to my hotel, got up in the morning, and then I took the flight back to Atlanta. Anyway, that was the description of my experience in Buenos Aires. A great city. The people are very passionate there. Loved it. The city is very impressive. I always thought, next time down there, I'm going to go and learn how to do the tango. The tango is one of the most difficult dances to learn. I'm no great dancer, by the way, but wouldn't it be a challenge if I could learn how to dance the tango? It's not a five-minute job, but that's on my bucket list to do. Whether it actually happens or not, I don't know, but a trip to Argentina is on my bucket list yet again as a stepping stone to actually travel to Patagonia. So obviously doing that in the right time of year is important. That was my business trip to Argentina. We continued to do business there for a few years until I sold the company and then went off on more adventure travel. But this story is represented in one of my travel books, business travel books. It's called Travel Diaries of the Atypical Businessman. Best read in the unfiltered version, where there's a no-holds-barred version, I should say. Check it out on my website, Travel Diaries of an Atypical Businessman, unfiltered. You can read all about it. You can find it on Amazon. Yeah, you'll have a good giggle. You'll be surprised how sometimes business trips can get totally messed up. But I'm still alive today, and I've finished with those types of trips now. So I can enjoy a relaxing life, sort of. Anyway, folks, thanks for joining me today. I hope you join me again another time, and we'll be speaking to you. All right. Stay safe. Stay well. Bye for now.